Welcome to Motherload, a podcast for ambitious entrepreneurial mothers who are navigating the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful when it comes to the relationship between their desire to succeed and their devotion to motherhood. I'm your host, Lindsay Roselle, a serial entrepreneur, growth and performance coach, and boy mama of two. Each week, I'll bring you solo episodes, engaging interviews, and candid conversations that expand your capacity to do both things well, help you feel less alone, and hopefully bring a little levity to what can otherwise feel like a very heavy load. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the show. Today, I want to talk about pelvic floor therapy. I'm just going to do a little mini episode on this because as a mother, I had heard a lot about pelvic floor therapy as a kind of postpartum treatment and when one that's not very available to us here in the U.S. You know, it's not a normal part of postpartum care as it probably should be. But teaching yoga through the years and, you know, being in this kind of motherhood space, I hear a lot of talk about pelvic floor therapy, but I had never been. So I recently did embark on a pelvic floor therapy commitment journey and have gotten a lot of questions about it. And as a side note, I think it's been revolutionary for my body already, even in the four or five sessions I've had. So I want to demystify it a bit today. And perhaps and hopefully my therapist, her name is Ellie, will be able to do an episode with her in the near future. So she can kind of dig in more to the science of it and the application of it. She's a, a DPT, a doctor of physical therapy and a specialist in pelvic floor dysfunction. So little backstory. So I had C-sections. I did not have vaginal births. So part of, I think, why I was resistant to pelvic floor therapy was I had always heard it's really for women who have had vaginal births and you really need to see a pelvic floor therapist after vaginal birth because, you know, obviously pushing out a baby through the pelvis (laughs) creates some trauma and some change to all the tissues and muscles of the pelvic floor. After starting personal training about a year ago and really trying to fix some of the pain I like have always felt in my low back, in my tight hamstrings, tight hips, even, you know, 15 years as a yoga teacher and 25 years practicing yoga, and I still have these dysfunctions in my body. I started personal training last fall, really trying to strengthen my glutes, strengthen my core and work on just getting my body more into balance. So I didn't have like chronic low back pain after the end of every day, like I had since I had my babies. Now, both my boys were 10 pound babies. And lo and behold, you know, here I sit about a year after starting three day a week personal training, and I still don't really feel very strong in my glutes. So uh, about a month ago, I decided through a referral, decided to see this pelvic floor therapist and went in and had my first session. And she's like, you know, let's evaluate the strength of your glutes and your core. Well, I was like a two out of 10 on all of the tests, which blew me away because I've been consistently lifting four or five days a week for about a year with at least two of those days being lower body focused with glutes being involved in that. And so for my glutes and my core to still be that weak after this much like consistent training, I knew something was wrong. And I was kind of already sensing that just based on how I was feeling this far into so much exercise and so much weight training where I was noticing like strength changes in my arms and in my legs, but still feeling pretty locked up in my hips, still feeling like my low back was tweaky. So my massage therapist refers me into PT. I go to PT and 
the very first session is just major education about the pelvic floor. And I thought I knew a lot about the pelvic floor because I've, you know, taught yoga for so long. I, I understand the musculature, but I really didn't understand where it is in space, if that makes sense. Like connecting to your pelvic floor, the mind-muscle connection was not something I've ever really practiced. I mean, yes, we know of like kegeling and we know the sensation of like pinching off the flow of pee or like stopping a bowel movement, which is all your pelvic floor muscles. But we don't practice that and we don't necessarily have an awareness of that throughout your day to day. And if you sit a lot like I do, or you are a horseback rider as a child like I was, or you've had a pregnancy or multiples like me, all of those things over time have affected the tone and the function of your pelvic floor. So Ellie really educated me on what can impact it. And then she has like an actual pelvis, like a model of a pelvis, and it shows the pelvic floor and where all the muscles go and how that all connects out to your legs and your core. So the first session was a education on just general pelvic floor and, and what it takes care of, you know, and I think what drives a lot of women into pelvic floor is like incontinence, you know, like peeing when you laugh or peeing when you sneeze or peeing when you jump. But there's a lot of other things that pelvic floor can address all the way from musculoskeletal pain like me. Pelvic floor is actually common. Pelvic floor therapy for men is actually really common to deal with incontinence or impotence, erectile dysfunction, those kind of things. So really, really important part of the body. And if you've ever taken yoga or taught yoga, like makes a lot of sense. We hold a lot of energy there, but very underprescribed, I think, especially for women who have had babies, whether you've had C-sections or vaginal births. So my first session, we go through some education and Ellie, my PT, kind of walks me through how the pelvic floor is supposed to work and how it's supposed to look and what its tone is supposed to be like. And then she evaluates my strength and in both in my pelvic floor from external pelvic floor stuff. And then she also evaluated like adductor strength, glute strength, core strength, back, upper back strength, things that are kind of indicative of pelvic floor dysfunction. And then she asked some other really interesting questions because the pelvic floor also influences a couple other really nuanced things. So the diaphragm and how you breathe is very connected to the pelvic floor. And then your jaw and your vocal cords. So Oftentimes, it's said that like dysfunction in your pelvis and your pelvic floor will be reflected in your jaw and in your diaphragm. So in like how you breathe and your ability to breathe correctly. So she evaluates all that. She's like, oh my gosh, you've got jaw issues. You've got breathing issues. And you've got all these like indicators of weak glutes and weak core. So I bet you have a very hypertonal, which is like very tight pelvic floor, which means a whole host of things, which I'll cover. So of course... Turns out that that's true. And to be candid, pelvic floor therapy, at least in this type that Ellie practices and what I was seeking is intravaginal, meaning she does put on a glove and uses fingers to manipulate the pelvic floor muscles from inside of the vagina. So it's intimate. It's not painful, I wouldn't say, but it's very intimate and it's uncomfortable because she is applying pressure inside there looking for the tone of all of the muscles up in the pelvic floor there. So Intimate is the word I would use. <laughs> but after that first session, literally just the first session, and she did a little bit of like trigger point release and stuff on some of the tightest parts of my pelvic floor, I felt like the word I used was wonky for days. Like I could feel different things kind of unlocking in my back and my hips and my knees, like whole body kind of unwinding a little bit. And that was after one session. And so 
I have now seen her five or six times and we do a series of different things. So I showed a picture on my Instagram story of needles that dry needles that were in my abdomen. She put them in my erectus abdominis. She put them in my obliques and she put them in my iliacus, which is like the muscle that's on the curve of your hip bone and then applied e-stem or electric stimulation to that. That is tied to the pelvic floor because the core ends up compensating for movement patterns and dysfunction of the pelvic floor. Because if your hips are a little bit torqued, your core is going to have to kick in to support the movement of the hips. And so if you've got pelvic floor dysfunction like I do, and you've got a little tweak in your hips, I have like a right forward tip in my hips, my core reflects that, like where my abdominal muscles have had to kind of readjust and adhere in order to hold me upright and support my spine so I can move and function. (laughs) So she's needling the abdominal wall and working on core strength because it's so tied to the pelvic floor. The same thing with the glutes. So we are also doing a lot of work to focus on strengthening up my glutes using glute-specific exercises. So we've removed all compound movements from my training in terms of like targeting the glutes. I still do them for general fitness, but squats, lunges, those kind of things are not targeting your glutes. Those are compound movements using all leg muscles, really in order to get your glutes to fire fully and correctly and get them to be as strong as they need to be, at least in my case. Hip thrusts are the name of the game (laughs) and bridges. So I'm doing a lot of hip thrusting. I'm really like trying to Instagram it up at the gym lately with like these big barbells and big weights and thrusting this big bar up. But, you know, I really can feel the glutes work when I do those exercises and I feel the soreness. And in combination with that, there's a lot of like mind muscle connection awareness of what the core is doing and then what the pelvic floor is doing. So the takeaway here from this aspect of this conversation is a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction, especially in women who have had babies, is not related directly to birth, although there's obviously some trauma and repair that many people, especially if you've had vaginal births, have to do on the pelvic floor. But a lot of the dysfunction of the pelvic floor is coming from weak core and weak glutes that probably were there in your body prior to even becoming pregnant, unless you've really been an athlete or fit for a while prior to becoming pregnant. And then the hormones and the stretching and the weight that we carry when we're pregnant compounds any dysfunction in the pelvic floor that was already there from weak glutes and and weak core. So that's why I think it's so important to evaluate pelvic floor therapy for you and what type of symptoms and dysfunction you might still have, you know, postpartum, however far out you are from having your kids. Because I think there's this myth that it's really only for vaginal births. And if you had like some kind of trauma during the vaginal birth, I think the truth is Every single woman who's carried a pregnancy has had some physiological change to the pelvic floor because of that stressor on the body and would probably benefit from an evaluation from pelvic floor therapy. And we sit a lot in America, you know, the sitting is the devil in terms of like hip function and glute function. Sitting gives you tight hip flexors and weak glutes. And so those are two major indicators and major causes of pelvic floor dysfunction. So if you sit a lot, if you weren't super fit before you got pregnant and you didn't, you know, you knew you had some glute weakness or some core weakness, and then you were pregnant and you gave birth, definitely recommend checking out some pelvic floor therapy. The last point I want to make on this is around the nervous system stuff. And I'm going to do more episodes on the nervous system as we get 
deeper into some of these conversations around where we store the energy of motherhood, but so much energy is stored in your pelvis, you know, in those like lower chakras. I come from a yoga background, the, the root chakra, right? The base of the pelvis. It's just a very vulnerable energetic space in our body. And it is a space in our body that primally our primal brain wants to protect, you know, like it's full of nerve endings. It's where we give birth. It's very sensitive. Your body wants to protect it. Your body wants to keep you safe there. So if it has any kind of dysfunction or weakness, your body is going to quickly and strongly lay down scar tissue or adhesion in the fascia. It's going to tighten everything up, even if it's a dysfunctional tightening, so that you can stay safe energetically and in real life be able to move and be safe, right? So one of the biggest things of pelvic floor therapy is looking at the energy and the nervous system and what's coming up for you while you're going through the therapy. So for me and my experience, and I'll I'll get deeper into this in another episode as I talk more about kind of the ancestral stuff and the lineage stuff around motherhood. Because for me, what happens is when I'm having the pelvic floor therapy done, what I've noticed is if I'm able to talk about motherhood and I'm able to like kind of talk about pregnancy and childbirth and and the residual little traumas and and like discomforts and memories I have of it, as I'm talking about that stuff, Ellie will be like, whoa, like your whole pelvic floor just relaxed when you mentioned that, like keep talking about it. So there's something here too around the tie to the nervous system while the pelvic floor therapy is being done. And if you can find a pelvic floor therapist that is accepting of of like what might be considered a little woo, I encourage that because it's likely that in the discomfort and in the exploration of the dysfunction in the pelvis, you're going to feel some discomfort. And in that discomfort, instead of avoiding it or like reflexively tightening around it to actually breathe into it and explore like, what is this tension that's here in my pelvis, like in this most intimate, vulnerable area of my body? What is this? What's this from? In asking myself those questions, and and I encourage you to ask yourself those questions, it really helps facilitate the healing <laughs> because, you know, the manual work is being done with the energetic work. So that's my little tip. If you do go explore pelvic floor therapy, I'm not an expert on it. I don't have a resource of where you can, go, you know, find it. But I imagine if you Google pelvic floor therapy in your area, many will come up. Make sure you find somebody who's actually been trained in it, not somebody that's just a general PT that doesn't have specific training in pelvic floor, especially if they're going to do intravaginal because of where I stand on motherhood and female energy and all of that, I obviously prefer, maybe not obviously, but I do prefer a female therapist that's had children to do this type of work. So that's what I've looked for and found. It's not to say that that's the only person who could help you, but I think that there's something more connected when the therapist has been through the experience you've been through and can help not only facilitate the conversation around that, but understands the physiology and the body changes that you've been through. So that's my little demystification of pelvic floor therapy. I highly, highly encourage you to check it out. Even if you're like me and you had C-sections and have never had the like pee when you sneeze thing, this is something that I hear from a lot of moms and it's like part of the mental load where it's like, I can't even jump rope with my kids or even like laugh at a joke or I'll pee. It's like, okay, why are we dealing with (laughs) Like, here's something we could actually change. Here's something we could affect in our body with a little bit of, of work on it. So Highly encourage you to check it out. And as always, if you have questions, 
feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or via email. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you on a future episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and know someone else that would benefit from today's conversation, it would mean so much to me if you share this episode with them or even share it to your social media and tag me so I can personally thank you. As always, I am so grateful you're on this journey with me. And until next time, remember that even when the load feels really heavy, you are never alone.